keeps happening. I actually do. It's because Windows updated. And they changed everything. And I'm losing all my brain cells. New show theme song. What now? They even changed where the volume slider is. It's not on the left anymore. Now it's down on the bottom near the start button. For what? The latest Windows 11 update that botched everything. Hmm. Oh, I was just going to say. I have it pending. I was just going to say. Good I luck. I impressively uh, didn't have to change any settings after opening Discord and um, my computer earned uh, burp derp. OBS and I'm like wow it just remembered all my settings and stuff worked that was nice what game is that I did have to restart my computer though what game is that I'm thinking of is that Star Fox good luck maybe I'm gonna have to watch an ad to find out come on why replay oh it's not even two seconds long good luck yeah this is what I'm thinking of 100% I hesitate to criticize you because you're starting to sound a bit like old man shakes fist at cloud but but yeah it was not broke, and so they did not need to it was, just fix it for no reason. That's the thing, right? Like, the volume slider being on the top left and now being underneath everything else and hard to find does didn't need to change. Uh, a Windows update doesn't need to change the settings of what is selected. Uh, just little things change. Like, the sound settings tab is slightly different and operates behind the scenes slightly differently so that before I would only lose volume control from my keyboard if I had not switched the sound inputs to be all correct. Now nothing works at all and sometimes requires a restart. And it's just like, why? I know that I'm a very specific use case and that's why I'm just like quietly frustrated, but it's not, I'm not the only one. People that do dedicated streaming stuff, which is hardware that you have with that stream deck, like have PC that is dedicated for streaming for they this reason. Never right? because either they, they don't they don't touch anything. They leave it completely alone because of this. Yep, and not just this, but like all programs that effectively cause this. Yeah, you get it set up once and then leave it alone. Yep, I'm. It's not just Windows either. Some stuff, stuff like this happens with my cameras. Like I updated my. Uh, one of my digital cameras recently and like boom there goes all your settings it's like oh okay thanks Oof. all to fix an issue that oh yeah that would be bad if that happened but it's never happened to me and i'm sure it only happens if you're you know using it in a certain way but i'm gonna prevent it and update and oh oh there there goes all my camera settings that's rough it's rough uh you know you just JJ, you follow the rules all the way to the end, and then your brakes lock up, and you go shooting across a corner, and there goes your season, right? RIP to a real one. <laughs> Welcome to We Were Gamers, episode 330, maybe? Yeah, probably. Uh, Charles Leclerc, Michael, was... Sounds like he had a bad day. Was... 
within, I wouldn't say within striking distance, but was still in the hunt for the championship until so, the literal final turn of this so, past race. Yes, yes, we're going to get into a lot of yeah. that. <laughs> I, well, I just want to say a lot of the reason it seemed like he was still in it is because apparently the Sky broadcast was just confused. Everyone else knew what was going on. Yeah. And the broadcasters we heard were just wrong and giving wrong information the entire broadcast. Yes. I, mm. We found this out after, Michael, but we were watching the race. And the entire time they're telling you, well, they're not going to um, they're not going to get full points for this race. So these are the only scenarios in which. Uh, Max Verstappen is the new um, world champion at the end of this race. Okay. And uh, it's it's been downpouring rain, which has been, what, two or three races in a row now, JJ? Yeah. The yeah. people are like, guys, Suzuka should be earlier in the year, so it doesn't a complete downpour all the time. Japan doesn't do this except during this time of year when you are always here. <laughs> yep. I mean, rivers on the track. Singapore two weeks ago. Also downpouring. Yeah, it had stopped by the time the race started, but there was still a lot of water on the track, and so and they it was couldn't use messing with brakes, like tires, and tires, yeah. and yeah. And it's a road course, so there's just oil, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, so major rain delay into kind of crazy-ish race, Michael, where they're all basically they're on these tires that actually need to be wet. So, like, you have to steer into the wet of the track because if you run on the dry, the tires will burn out fast, real fast. Okay. You need to get that contact lift from the water uh, to not run the tires out. Well, there's miles and pounds of rain all over the track causing spray, and no one can see anything. Nothing. The, the guy in front can see everyone else completely screwed. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. just from sheeted water. So you're literal tenths of a second behind another car. You can't see. Going 100 plus miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. And oh, by the way, try and find the wet on the track, not the dry. Mm-hmm. Or at so, least the part with any water as opposed to like the exact tire tracks of the person behind you where the water just left, you know? Uh-huh. So everybody's tires are going crazy and degrading and people are pit stopping all at weird times to try and gain time advantages because unlike normal races where you might gain tenths of a second by changing your tires, these guys were gaining six, seven, eight seconds by changing tires. Ooh. Yeah. Like not six, seven, eight seconds total. Six, seven, eight seconds per lap. Yeah. So like a pit stop is 20 something seconds. 20, 22 to 27 seconds is the average. And you are going to get that back in like three or four laps. Wow. So it's already kind of a crazy race. Uh, Verstappen gets out to a lead after the restart, uh, which was very unclear. They just kept going around. The Sky guys were confused, thinking, oh, maybe they're going to not call them back out and they're going to put them back in the pits because it's too wet. And then all of a sudden, the safety car turns its lights off and they're like, okay, I guess we're racing. So they had so again. This is another instance where the Sky broadcast didn't know what the hell was going on, and everyone else seemed to be fine with it. Like they had signaled that it was going to be a rolling start, yeah, which okay. is what they did, mm-hmm. right? They, like you know the, the typical start of a race, everyone's all lined up and there's lights and they go off and everyone drives. Yeah, it 
They deemed it once it gets too wet, that becomes unsafe because of all the spray and all the cars being bunched up together. No, they don't Ot- do it, right? Ot- yep. Otmar, Otmar said uh, standing water was the red flag. That's why they called it out. Right. And so they're like, okay, but if the cars are driving in single file behind a safety car, that's at least safe enough that they won't be like seven cars going four wide into the first turn, you know? Sure. And we can have a race that way, or we can sit behind this red flag and do nothing. Right? So it's like, all right, these people are like, the stands are full. Like, let's at least try to put on a show for the folks. Right? Okay. So they do this standing start. And the broadcast is like, oh, the, the safety car is going in. That can't be what's happening. Ah, Britishness. Verstappen like, with <laughs> the genius play to kind of like get get wide. And then as the safety car starts to head towards the straight, slow down aggressively to bunch everyone up so that they all can't see when they hit the gas and spray each other. Right. It's the, it's the concertina, right? Like they yeah. do this even when it's dry for the same reason, right? Like you break, they have to break or they will literally hit you and or then pass you, which is illegal. Right. And that's a penalty for them. So either way you win. Right. And then once you have just caused them to tap the brakes, you gut it and they have no <laughs> chance. Right. And it's the same thing here. And oh, then also this causes a wall of spray water that no one can see through. Right. And so like what line does Verstappen take? Where does he go? When did he actually hit the gas? No one knows. <laughs> so by the end of the race, Michael, he is literally a pit stop ahead of everyone having not changed his tires. Except for he did once. He, wow. wet, wet yeah, he enters like everybody else. He, yeah. Because the other thing, right, like we talk about wets versus enters here, the wet tires are like road tread real tires, right? They're meant for like, they call them the extreme wets, basically. They're like, yo, it is downpouring out there. <laughs> that is what these are for. They would, they would if look almost like what we would have for winter tires, almost. Right. And the thing is, if there is not like tons of water all over the track, these tires are garbage. <laughs> And you will be slow. Even the with inters- water on the track, they're still garbage. It's just that there's nothing you can possibly do that's better. Right. And it's like they're not. Yeah, you would rather in every respect, right? You would rather be on the inters. They're faster in almost every case. Unless it's so undrivable on the inters that you need to be on the wets. Right. And so then it's, it's a, like a chicken game early on for like who will pit from the wets to the inters first because they will immediately gain a huge advantage. <laughs> but their tires might wear out quicker. Sure. sure. Yeah. And so then that's the whole rest of this race is everyone like constantly pitting either to change inters to a new set or to change from wets to inters to like gain an advantage on the people they're fighting with. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, because Max he's Verstappen, out front and zoom! he can manage his tires <laughs> better than everyone else because he can see. He makes it through the race on one set of enters. Sure. It's funny, though. Yep. It was very clear that Red Bull knew the rule because he's he's 24 seconds ahead of the next car. And at this point, you say to yourself, well, that's a free pit stop. You might as well take it and get onto even faster tires, right? Sure. But Red Bull has read the rules and know that if he wins the race at this point uh, and Leclerc doesn't get fastest lap, that he's won the championship. I think he has to get second and fastest lap, right? Yeah. 
And at this point, someone like way farther down the field has fastest lap because they pitted for new inters and then immediately went seven seconds faster than the whole race. Like even Max too, right? So so far down the field, he doesn't even get a point for fastest lap because he's not in the points. Right. Uh, they so he radios and he's like, uh, "Are we going to change for tires?" And they're like, "No, no, we're just going to keep you out. Just, just you know, <laughs> take care of your time. Don't, don't do anything crazy. We're just going to ride it out." Like it's like no, main, okay. maintain ri- maintain pace, keep it going. You you know, do whatever you got to. He's like, yeah. uh, "Okay," and they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Uh, so they knew that they were likely in line for a victory. And also it's kind of smart, right? You're 24 seconds ahead. If you lose two seconds a lap, he still had probably only 10 laps left. He's not going to lose the pace. And you take the, uh, uh Oh, the air gun jammed out of the equation. Right. Like you have the, even the chance of the catastrophic pit stop isn't worth it. And yeah. even if you, your tires fall off the cliff, right? Because these tires are built in such a way. All F1 tires are built in such a way that they're great. They're they're great at the beginning, then they're okay for a certain period of time, and then somewhere you don't know exactly where, but somewhere they will fall off a cliff and just basically be rubber that is pointless, and you may as well not have them. <laughs> and you don't know where that cliff is, and you know the teams probably have ideas and they think they know or whatever, but like, you know. Yeah. If you push long enough and you get there and the guy behind you hasn't, he's just going to sail past you. So uh, so then the end of the race comes up, Michael, and second and third are dog fighting for second place. I mean, yeah, it's like half a second less, it's less. It's less because every time they get into the spoon or another turn, Perez is trying to pass. And then he falls back to half a second when he doesn't get the pass and then has to work his way back up. So okay. it's happening for like four or five laps. It's just, he's about to pass. Ah, oh, just can't get it. He's about to pass. Ah, oh, just can't get it. And neither one of them can pit for good tires. So they're doing it on bad tires. And it's just like, it's, it's like a scrappy watching, fight. It's watching the ninth round, you know? The boxers are like, I, I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> uh, And they just, he, Perez is just like, this is it. I have to to make the move in these last three turns the race is ending because max has crossed the line at the checkered flag the time has run out on this race there's no more chances here so he makes a move leclerc defends it and accidentally locks up his brakes okay it might be an accident it's maybe who knows I mean, maybe he was cooking it so hard trying to fight him off that he just missed his point and then was like, well, I might as well just go straight. I can't can't turn here. Might as well just give it up. Right. So the <laughs> literal last turn of the race, he accidentally runs the curb straight over. And like, you know, like cuts a cuts a turn and makes it a straight line, which is obviously cheating. Right. Because like you have gained a huge advantage by not turning when everyone else had to turn. Right. Uh penalized loses five seconds so that shoves him back down to third place uh-huh yep and guess what that means the season is now over max verstappen you're the champion (laughs) well done max no 
no chance anyone else could do it. Uh, yeah. Mathematically, he mathematically. has won. No one yep. can catch him. Yeah. But. But. Except. Right? All, yeah. Except. Uh-oh. They've already told everyone on everywhere that's listening to them on the broadcast that this is not the case. That there won't be enough points for that to be the case. So, Sky News is doing the broadcast interview after the race. Before the official, you know, what what was your strategy? How do you feel about this win? You know, all the like sports questions. Great job. How do you? Yeah, it was rainy. It was great. And their information says that he's just gotten first place in this race, and that Leclerc is second because they haven't penalized him yet. But even if that were to happen, because there's not full points, it doesn't. Blah 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 blah. Right. So they're in the (laughs) middle of interviewing another guy when all of a sudden he goes, uh. Max, you want to come back in here? Uh, and then he just says, world champion. That's all he says. That's, the, that's how he finds he out. He did, he oh, that's go. all you need. Because, like, he's, he, like, Max jumps out of the car, hugs the people from his team, you know, and is like, congrats. And then, the, like, the interview starts, right? It's not like there's a lot of time in between there. He hasn't talked to anybody, really. He just, like, you know, the guys are cheering, you know, the pit crew and people are, like, hugging him and cheering him on the side. But they do that every race. So it's not like, you know, there's not spraying it with champagne yet at this point, right? Yeah. And so then the interviewer is like, well, you didn't make it, you know, but it was a good race. You obviously won here. And he's like, yeah, totally. That's how it was. Okay. Yeah, great. I wish I could have won it here. You know, the fans are so great, all blah, blah, blah. And then the interviewer calls him back in the middle of the other guy's interview <laughs> and is like, world champion. And he's like, what? So oh, better- okay, great. Like, yeah, well, we could do it here. So special. Like, he yeah. only misses like two beats, and then is like, so special. We could do this for the fans. Like, I love them. It's so great here. Like, I'm really happy. Out, you know, <laughs> it turns out he only misses two beats because he's confused. So yeah, he's exactly. Just, like he had both answered. speeches. He was just waiting to like mentally file over to the other speech in right. his mind. Well, no, no, but so he's confused because then. They get out of there and they go to the official room, waiting room, where they're going to get all the the FIA ruling, hand five second penalty for Leclerc, and all that sort of stuff handed down to them. And I don't know how it doesn't make it from Christian Horner and the pit wall, who have already determined that he's the world champion, to him officially. But in the interview room, when they're getting ready to go up and spray champagne for the end of the race and all that sort of stuff, uh-huh. he's in the room, peeks around the corner. And there's they're they're literally like scraping up the wall thing that says world champion on it for him to stand in front of. And he's like, <laughs> oh, haha, that's funny. But it's not really that. Right. And they're like, right. N- n- no, man, y- you won the world championship. And he's like, yeah, but not really. Not right now. Like, it's not actually over. Right. Like they've maybe it's only one point or whatever. And they're like, no, like, really, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like mathematically, it's done. And like. Somehow no one had bothered to tell him that's like he got that one question from the interviewer and was like, uh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Weird. It's okay. So like, confusing. We had to stand there and like watch the interviews this time and be like, what is happening here? Yeah. So I, I only watched that first interview from the sky guy and then I went and like looked up news articles and they explained what happened. But it's like, yeah, if you're watching, it doesn't make any sense. You're just confused. No. And, 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 and then like, like they bring out the trophy later and he's like, okay, I guess like two years in I'm not going to say no now. to the trophy. He's, he's world champion two years in a row, both times it ends in just complete chaos. You know, to be fair, this one was a little less, cha- it, it was chaos because this race had chaos, not because, uh, 
like controversy because like all he had to do was even like get third or something the next race and then he won for sure right yeah it was like this season was it's not like the 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 end result was in doubt here oh, probably yeah. unless you uh-huh. screwed up royally but like well that, now that they've fixed it is, the it is ridiculous that they keep screwing up this stuff right? yes that's what i mean in so much it's not it's not chaos. It's chaos, not controversy. You said controversy. That's a good word. Oh, yeah, exactly. Last yeah. year was controversy. This is just like, well, it, we could talk about the other thing with F1 that came out today. It's the same exact thing of like not mm-hmm. being clear about the rules. So, Michael, $145 million was what you were allowed to spend. Uh, so, hand over your financials, all teams, for last year while we audit them. Sure. Yep, yep. Oh, the season's been over for over a year, but uh, two of you broke the rules. Hmm. What's the punishment? Oh, we don't have one yet. We'll we'll decide once we decide. Well, they they finish the audit. They say here are the teams that have broken the rules. Minor. One of them was considered. One was a minor infraction, which is defined as less than five million dollars, and the other one is a procedural infraction. Which means they maybe didn't break the budget cap, but they like classified things wrong and or something like this, where there's there's like a trillion like lawyer agreements and rules and stuff that you have to follow in these in these regulations, right? It's like the tax code, but probably way more complicated because they're trying to actually stop cheaters. Okay. <laughs> and so the the one team they said it was a procedural infraction, which means like, oh, you like highlighted column C instead of D here, or you misclassified these funds as this when it should have been that. But the mon- the total money was not above the limit. But one team was above the limit. Red Gee, Bull. Gee, I wonder if it was the championship winning team Red Bull. Uh, so to be fair, uh, the championship winning <laughs> team was Mercedes this year. Uh, cor- it, in twenty twenty one, correct? In twenty twenty one, yes. Mm-hmm. Now that won't be the case this year. <laughs> Their Mercedes is way too far behind. But Verstappen was the driver championship, but. Mercedes was the team champions. So theoretically, right. And then they like intentionally. So they say like Red Bull, you have violated the, a, a minor infraction of the cost rules. And then it's like the penalties are like enumerated. Like here's the list of things we could do, but they don't say what is for what they just say any of these things up to disqualifying you from races, taking away points, taking away driver's points, t- like finding you a bunch of money, saying you're bad and hitting you on the knuckles like anything is open (laughs) like it's a crazy number of options and so it's like okay well like what is the you know but they did crucially they haven't said how much were they over they obviously know they just did the audit it's less than five million well but like if it's 4.8 million (laughs) that's a big hundred thousand yeah if it's a hundred thousand dollars okay that's not a big difference right yeah, and so then, like, the severity of that punishment has to matter based on that, right? If they're, like, 4.99, absolutely you need to take away, like, points, like, penalize them badly. They have screwed up, right? If it's, if it's like, $100,000, that's, like, someone sneezed and, like, they had a nice handkerchief when they shouldn't they have or something. They accidentally bought an extra wing. Yeah, or, yeah, like, they, they repainted their sponsor's logos two times more than they should have or something. Sure. Like, that's the kind of stuff, okay, like, they still need to be, you have to enforce the rules, right? If you're over the limit, they're over the limit, they should be penalized, period. But, like, this severity has to matter, and that has to be important. Yeah, we'll see. Because otherwise, like, why have financial rules if they can just break it, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, we'll see. And crucially, these are the first time these rules have been enforced. That's Which the other is thing. why they may not do much. Or why they may decide to like bring the hammer even when it's not warranted. Sure. Well, so it's you enough, don't know, uh, right? It's enough to make you want to drink. Ooh, yeah. Like I will tell you, uh, when I stayed up late <laughs> to watch that race, I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. Live F1 from Japan. It's at, like late at night for me. I can stay up. It'll be great. I'll go to bed like at one o'clock. This would be awesome. Oh, rain delay for how long? All right, we're going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it later and I was like, how far forward do I got to scrub this thing? But I was trying to transition. I knew you were. Sorry. (laughs) Michael, do you have your list in front of you? I, I do. I have my list in front of me. JJ, you are now sit sit JJ in judgment. Yes, hello. What is this list? <laughs> what is this list? Explain. <laughs> so we talked a bit about uh, uh ber- that uh, trip that my wife and I went on and how we went uh whiskey tasting and had a whole bunch of bourbon while we were all over this trip and like had such a fun time. And then we came back and we're like, well, okay, here's the thing. That trip going to there doesn't actually help you get anything that's like hard to find or rare, right? All it does is like you get some cool tours, you get to try some stuff that's only sold at the distilleries. Uh, but you can't actually like the the best stuff isn't there. It doesn't help you any. Which I guess I don't know why I thought it would. That was foolish of me. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, question. And, you know, there are some, like, things that I have heard in, like, in the past that, like, oh, if you showed up at Buffalo Trace when it opens, there are some things that are different than, like, when the, we went there. But, like, we're on a tour. We don't have a choice. We show up when the tour takes us there. That's how that works. So it was what it was. Um, and then we, we're like, well, we want to try some of this other stuff. It would be fun if we could get it and, you know, have it in a collection just to taste, like, share with friends, whatever. Like, I'm not here trying to resell things because the the other thing is that... All of this becomes inextricably linked with the price. I talked a little bit about the secondary market for bourbon and whiskey, and it's insane. Yeah, I, I this yeah. is something I've never understood about secondary markets for alcohol, which is how do you sell it legally, right? Like if I oh, we you, used to go, it's illegal. You can't. Michael, you cannot do it legally. Michael, I still have bottle a bottle of Fundamental Forces. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Last time I checked, there are websites that tell you how much the bottle is worth. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I can still find it. Uh, I mean, do you want the actual answer for how you do this? I know now. <laughs> how? Sure, but it's like so for years and years and years and years, people on are like just sort of quote unquote trading on Facebook or whatever. Right. So that's one of the yeah. ways you quote unquote trade on Facebook. You trade their money for your thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> or their expensive thing for your expensive thing. Okay. Or you create a listing on a place like Craigslist that doesn't do moderation really, or, you know, things of that nature, right? You create, or eBay, like these kinds of things you can eventually do if you try hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do it if you want to do something that, you should not do to be clear is illegal folks. Last, I'm saying last transacted for $215 a bottle. Oh, okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's worth going through those hoops. I don't know. You decide for yourself. <laughs> I have, I have one. I bought it for 24. So, uh, 
so my wife and I sat down and we're like, all right, what is like all of the coolest stuff and the f- most interesting stuff that we would want to try that we could just like have a list of things to reference and be like, is this one of these things that we think is cool? Let's try and buy it. Right. And so I put together this list. Uh, I shared the link with you guys in Discord, so you can you can open it up here. Oh, yeah. Michael and I already and, confirmed we are sitting in judgment of the list. And so all this stuff is just like, hey, here are things that are really either really hard to find or supposedly really good, well-liked by the knowers of the craft or whatever. And then, like, you know, some some comments about them and then prices where I would consider consider purchasing them, right? Uh-huh. It's like, if you go and see one of these and it's above these prices don't don't text me you know like (laughs) or you know don't just like go out and buy it but if you see it and it's like this price or under let's have a conversation or if it's well under just buy it and then i'll have a surprise that we will all be happy about right Mm -hmm. but you're to be clear you're willing to buy them at this price bring them home and unseal them and drink them yeah i'm not talking about any of this stuff would be stuff i would try to resell i would drink anything on this list but the value of these, you think even at the inflated prices people have for whiskey of now, it's to you. These, is, these, this is the price you have to pay to get these. And so anything I'm not on saying this list, you're willing to I would spend. Happily, I would happily pay less, to be sure. fully clear. Sure, the, MSRP, ceilings. the MSRP, yes, these are my ceilings, right? The MSRP on all of these is way, in most of them, is way below these prices, mm-hmm. right? Way. Mm-hmm. But... This is the price you have to pay if you want to be able to get it. Now, so, I'm also not going to say, like, we're getting all of these. That's also <laughs> not happening. Well, unless you're literally hunting around and doing all this stuff for a job, you will not find all of these. You Right. You like, will never just store. walk into a place and find a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. Right. Or, you know, some of these, uh, the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection bottles, you know, the William LaRue, William LaRue Weller. Thomas Handy, George Stagg, Eagle Rare 17, Sazerac 18 Rye. Those just aren't available. And if they are available, they're not at this price. They're at like $1,500 and up, which I'm not willing to pay. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to go through this. Uh, but yeah, like so, I'm more, I'm more, I know what I, I wrote this mostly. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm much more interested in about what you guys think. And like, have you had any of these? Are you interested in any of them? Do yeah, you so even know the what these are? first bottles on here are Antique Collection Buffalo Trace, which you would have seen when you went there. No, absolutely we wouldn't have. Oh, sorry. We saw like, yes, they had them behind in a vault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like you could like touch them. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen one of these up close in person or held them. Sorry, that's not true. I have seen one on a shelf, but it was $2,000. So, what's the difference between this W.L. Weller up here versus the actual Weller label? So, the antique collection stuff is all of, like, the highest and oldest versions of these other things, right? That's uh, why it's the antique collection. Okay. Special collector's bottle, higher uh, higher proof usually, but also older generally. Weller is a – W.L. Weller is a brand, Right. All all this like first set here are all made by Buffalo Trace. Weller is a brand. These are the this is the brand lineup effectively. All of these are hard to find where we are. They are not hard to find everywhere in the US. Some of these you can find at MSRP in some states. Not California. <laughs> no. Yeah, I wonder if it's worth like keeping this list around when you travel, you know? Oh, absolutely it is. Yes. 
you know, if you're willing to buy bottles of things and fly home with them, certainly, or, you know, drive home if you're in, I, you know, this is one of my distance. favorite memories from Denmark is grabbing bottles of things and bringing them home. I still have a bottle of schnapps from Denmark that's just sitting here that I flew home. Yeah. So like, I, you know, these are prices, you know, I'm generally, when I wrote this, I was generally thinking about California. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a state where it's like way more common, I would, you know, not want to get ripped off and pay, you know, a hundred dollars for something that should be 40. Right. Yeah, um, adjust accordingly. Generally thinking about California here. And to be fair, these prices are like on the lower end because I'm not willing to pay crazy markups either, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you have a huge list of Weller here. Well, this is everything. I would like to try anything. You would like to try everything from Weller? This Yes. Uh, you you have pulled this we right We had here. a small sip of the Weller foolproof uh-huh. uh, when we were at uh, one of our stops on the... Um, on our trip, uh, it was like basically it was a museum effectively and you donate money to them and they pour you shots of things that you want. And it was like $10 a donation for them because Weller is available there. It wasn't like hard for them to get. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to get here in California. Yeah. This looks like me uh, a couple years ago, more than a couple now, before all this insanity. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Redbreast. The Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're owned, I think, by Johnny Walker. Uh, I took a paycheck. Uh, my One of my final paychecks from a thing. And I went into a Total Wine and I bought every bottle of different type of red breast that they had. <laughs> cool. Like, nice. Single pot. Uh, like, Lostow... Uh, cask strength, 12-year, 15-year, 18-year. They have a 27-year. Cool. I did not purchase that. Uh, I was going to say, I don't know if your paycheck would get as you much a 27-year. As, as much as the others combined. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was literally the same as all the others combined. And Redbreast, un- unfortunately for them, but great for me, uh, has not shot up in price. In fact, most non- so this is the other thing. whiskeys have not shot up in price. Uh, you I was can just still about get to scotch. say for quite cheap scotch comparatively. scotch has not increased in price like this it's specifically bourbon that has had a run very strange what is driving bourbon and not scotch because uh, it's sweet and easy to drink it, well um some of them <laughs> <laughs> uh some of these other ones that are foolproof are like you know 110 120 proof i don't know that i would call those necessarily easy to yeah. drink so um, I I endorse this idea because one of the things I have liked doing since doing those red bread, getting all those red, was drinking them all next to each other and being like, oh my god, they are really that different. Yeah, uh, and I endorse other, this long lineup of Wellers. <laughs> so like, I would love to try all of these. Right, we've tried yeah. the foolproof one, um, but we've only had like one small taste each, um, and I have no idea what any of the other ones taste like or if they're any good. So this is a different Eagle Rare. This is the Eagle Rare that I've had. Yeah. So um, I'm really, I would really love that e- Colonel E.H. Taylor. I'm actually like really interested Where's in that? finding this one. Oh, I don't know. Uh, between yeah. between yeah, yeah, Eagle yeah, yeah. Rare and Weller. I don't know anything about this one, Michael. It's rye. Me either. No, it is not. Oh. Yeah. It's, it, you, there, some of them have a, a high rye mash bill, but they are uh, bourbons. Anyway, uh, there's also like a million versions of Colonel Taylor, just like most of these have a million versions. Eagle Rare does not, though. Eagle Rare, like this is the normal Eagle Rare. 
this stuff is yeah. just great for just drinking. People that can get this should get it. Don't pay more than $50, though. That's crazy. I've seen bottles priced at $100 in stores. What? And it's like, get out of here. BevMo wow. sells this for 38 sometimes. <laughs> Goodbye. No. Uh, no, no, nothing at Total Wine on, on uh, Eagle Rare currently. Yeah. It, th- the other thing is that this stuff is released like at certain times throughout the year. And because it's popular, it sells out. And then you can't get it at other times. Right. Uh, you've got Blanton's on here. Yeah, I have. I would had, love to try some. I have had Blanton's single barrel before. Uh, I think maybe they're all single barrels. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had no, the th- one. There are non-single barrel versions, I think. But yeah, it's there's like a I whole bunch the, of different versions. I think it was a white label, not the black label. Um, it didn't last uh, very long. Uh, I guess that's a good endorsement. Yeah. It became okay. my go-to. It became my go-to sipper. Immediately. Yeah. Good endorsement. Uh, yeah. Blanton's is for some reason very hard to find here, but is widely available in other countries. Uh, this one has like a huge international portfolio. And so in some places, like it's sitting on the, on the shelf in liquor stores in other countries. And yet you cannot find it here in the U S for under $200 in some cases. Maybe they're exporting it all. Somebody bought it up for export because it wasn't yeah, selling it, super well here. Blanton's, uh, I mean, it's clearly selling super well here now. Um, yeah. Blanton's has a weird thing with it where like parts of the rights of it are owned by some, you know, international conglomerate. And anyway, it's a whole weird thing. So it's hard to find in the U.S., um, which is why I'm not willing to pay the crazy prices. Well, uh, if you can find it for the 60 or $70 that I found it at before, well, well worth it as a nice uh, evening sipper. Yeah, and it's not high proof either. It's like normal whiskey proof. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You should just take this pappy off of here. Don't get look, your, man. I don't. Get the list was intended to be exhaustive. <laughs> hey, you need to have you need to have the the unreachable dream, right? I mean, it Something's does say you will never see these in person. So you know, yeah, we know. Yeah, they're twenty five hundred dollars a bottle for now. Yeah, look, and plus again, you get, well, look, you're not going to see them. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, man. I no wish. picture of the the Elmer Lee here. Yeah, I couldn't find a good picture of this one. Um, this is also like a small Buffalo Trace release. Uh, it comes in like a weird squarish bottle from the pictures I saw online. Um, but all of them had weird backgrounds and stuff, and I didn't think it was good for this. Yeah. Anyway, it's also very hard to find. Um, you know, uh, Elijah Craig is great. I've had it. Uh, I don't know uh, that I've had barrel proof before, but Elijah Craig regular is is very good. Uh, I have ha- we have had we tasted Elijah Craig at the uh, Heaven Hill Distillery. It was great. We liked it. Yeah. Um, speaking of barrel proof, the thing that brought this up, I saw this today in my local supermarket. Oh, this one, oh, wow. the barrel proof one. Did you not C nine? Yes. What was not the C- not C nine twenty two? It was uh, B something twenty two. I don't know. Okay. What, what was it? going for uh it was 80 dollars. okay hey you missed your mark here you got underneath nice job yeah yeah i was really happy about that so we can delete it we, we've accomplished something here today this bardstown stuff this fusion one is one you talked about before yeah i we have uh we have a bottle of this bardstown fusion series and there's a whole number of them like they, there's like seven or eight or nine or whatever and we have number eight um this is just like a really good smooth flavorful thing 
And then I, let's see. Wild Turkey, I would skip. I don't think you should, man. This is the thing. Like, here's the the wild turkey, the the like, you know, distillery uh, level Uh has. uh, Oh, do I have it on here? No, there's one more I should add later. Um, There are some really, really good bourbons made by brands you maybe think aren't very good. Evan Williams has some like really good tasting stuff but Evan compared Williams straight against is... other expensive stuff. Mm, Evan Williams is better than Wild Turkey though. What are we talking about? Sure, but like we're not talking about Wild Turkey here. I'm talking about Russell's Reserve. <laughs> right? Yeah. So like this one in particular that's on here is I an mean, expensive bottle because again it's limited. Have... But the the Russell Reserves from like nine and up are pretty well regarded. You've got not Freak on one here, which is just uh, Jim Beam. So, yeah, because it turns out they make good stuff, right? Yeah. The Knob Creek Twelve is well liked and is supposed to be like widely available. Yeah, um, I saw this. It, you should be able to find this in your local grocery store for MSRP. Like you can the get Knob the, Creek Twelve uh, is the good. Twelve. I don't know about that, but I know you can get a standard uh, small batch oh, Knob like, Creek anywhere standard small batch knob creek you should find literally anywhere this 12 i saw in a grocery store like last week so it should be around people can get this all right uh the 18 is not (laughs) (laughs) um and it comes in this fancy thing and apparently it was a one-year release to celebrate the 30th anniversary and then it sold so well and people liked it so much they decided they're going to keep doing it so it's rare now but it will probably come down in price as they like keep doing it you know. Do you feel? Uh, and there's one more that I haven't talked about isn't on this list, which I'll add yeah. uh, tomorrow or something. Do you feel like you want to be a bourbon person, or just a whiskey person? Uh, I'm a I'm going to be a bourbon person for right now because I don't have the depth of knowledge about whiskey. But maybe if I go visit Scotland and Ireland and then come back and be like, now I'm a, now I'm a, just a whiskey person. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. Uh, the other one I wanted to put on here uh, that may surprise you is the Jack Daniels single barrel select barrel proof, I think is what it is. Hey, buddy. It's the, does, it's the gold label. Does not surprise me at all. I drank Jack single barrel for many years and just yeah. had it. So on people shelves. are like, Ooh, I hate Jack Daniels. It tastes terrible. Sure. If you don't like old number seven, the standard one, Jack, you know, Jack Daniels single barrel fine. does not taste like. It's not even no, exactly. distilled in the same. I, st- I don't remember how, but it's it's not the same. Yeah, whiskey. it's important for folks to know the Jack Daniels single barrel select stuff is better, and then the single barrel barrel proof stuff is even better than that. So they make great whiskey. It's just the big mass market one that you're buying is not it. Yeah, Gentleman Jack, by the way, is not Jack single barrel. No, the, it says Jack Daniels Single Barrel Select, and it's it has an, a weird-looking bottle. Very strange bottle, yeah. Like a old yeah, and the take your uh your snake oil medicine out of out of it kind of bottle. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's half the reason why I want that bottle of Old Fitzgerald that's on here too, because that <laughs> has a weird decanter that it comes in. Yeah, very cool. Uh, since we're talking about alcohol, I have a weird connection here have either of you had aviation gin yet no that's the ryan reynolds one right that yes yes no 
decent gin. I find it to be less botanical than many like the Bombay sapphires and stuff like that. A lot less uh, flavor, flavor, you know, a little bit more okay. straight, straight gin, mm-hmm. uh, which caused a, uh, I think I like it. I think I don't like it. So we don't, we don't buy it anymore, but I think it's worth trying maybe. Anyway, uh, I watched a show. I don't know if you've heard of it called Welcome to Wrexham. Oh yeah, they uh they bought a soccer team, right? Them them did. Brian okay. Reynolds. I heard about something about this, but I don't know much. Brian Reynolds and Rob McElhaney, McElhaney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Mythic Quest bought well, mostly Ryan Reynolds, and even you could tell Rob McElhaney <laughs> does a lot of uh, advertising and other stuff to try and make up for it, I think. Um, they decided to buy a very down-and-out soccer team in England. In at Oh, I am going to get in trouble for saying that. Rewind. They bought a down-and-out soccer team in wales oh, oh yeah, then yeah not england get, get that straight <laughs> that ain't england wales Oi, gov. yeah not in england in the uk but not in england uh so it's a welsh soccer team called wrexham and the it's in the town of wrexham and i think part of their deal in buying the club it didn't really become clear until now they planned to kind of gin it up with big name sponsorships because they have big name owners, big spending mm-hmm. because he's got that superhero money and a documentary TV show to try and gain international stuff like F drive to survive. It worked for them, right? Okay. It did. It's a very different style of show in terms of tone. Drive to Survive is like hunting for the drama. You know what I mean? It, that show is a reality TV show with sports. Yeah. This is more like, you know, there's drama in soccer that's just sitting there and no one's paying any attention to it. That's a little bit of it because they, they go through how the entire English premier system works. The like eight mm-hmm. tiers relegation and yeah yep. relegation sure, and all that sure. stuff that if you've watched ted lasso you know a little bit about um so it's like kind of informative documentary but they you start to think it's going to be a, a drive to survive thing in the first episode where it's like oh they bought this team and here's these movie stars and here's these players and here's the drama of how bad the team is and then it cuts to black after uh, it becomes very clear that a player is going to get fired. And then it doesn't go to the next season or the next drama or the coach hiring or behind the scenes of him throwing chairs or whatever again after he gets fired. It goes to a fan's house. And it doesn't talk about the player at all. He starts talking about his life and his kids and everything else. And you start to learn about the town of Wrexham and how it was a coal mining town and and going forward from there, they really are like invested in the town. And I guess it's, uh, that's what a lot of the series is about actually, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Okay. 
they kind of rug pull you and make it a thing about like, Hey, this town is crazy for soccer and it's this like, you know, small little place. And dude, I don't want to ruin it in case anybody watches it, but the town is nuts for soccer and has been beat down by exactly the type of stuff that happens here with bad football teams and businesses and everything else where like, well, some rich guy came in and did this, this, and this to try and squeeze water out of a lemon, you know? And, uh, and so I guess the team was actually fan owned for a little while because they just were so downtrodden and like out of money and destroyed basically. Like you see the, the, the stadium when they show up, half the stadium is just condemned. But the, but the thing was built in like the 1800s. It's the, it's the third oldest or yeah, I think it's the third it's like one of the third oldest buildings still standing. And it's like the oldest it's building, like, like a classic, like a national monument or something. Yeah. Point, and right? it's like the oldest building that hosts international soccer games in the world. It's nuts. So, uh, I wanted to shout it out because, uh, you go from the Ryan Reynolds that we knew to watching him do this stuff. Uh, with his like aviation gin and mint mobile money, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you think, oh, okay, here we are. We're headed for another noble rich man situation and it's going to be unlikable. And uh, I think the most surprising thing is watching somebody be earnest and sincere on the behalf of people that clearly need help. I mean, he's hoping to obviously make money on his football team. Sure. But also not in the way that you would think, you know? Yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, big name sponsors aren't going to come if you're not for winning. a team that is yeah. small and is a small market, right? Right, sure. Like, you know, so you make it, you know, a really cool story about the town. And yeah, it's like, that's genuinely cool. Yeah. Nice. I like that. If you want a little half hour documentary thing uh, to throw in your schedule, it's not bad. It also is, they drop like two two episodes a week and they're still going and you could wait. You know. Got to say that name like three more times so people can hear it. Welcome to Rexham. W-R-E-X-H-A-M. And I, I don't know. I maybe I'm a little bit personally connected to it because uh, my kids are getting into soccer, and it's like, well, I gotta know more about soccer. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of Americans are like, we should get into soccer. And I was like, okay. So it's watching a interesting perspective of Americans getting into soccer at the same time. So maybe it's just connecting. You're not going to watch the Winter World Cup in Qatar. I'm. We should talk about that. Not on the episode. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like I, I have watched World Cups like frequently throughout my life in the last, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever. And uh, hmm, got real mixed feelings on this one. Yeah. Andor, I was, I was wrong about Andor. I got to clear something up. Everything is a three episode arc. I was wrong. I told you that the fourth one 
was like more self-contained and it is but then we got to the fifth one and it was like ah oh, they did it again the third one of these is gonna be the thing uh-huh so everything comes in three episode arcs so they made nine they made three yes movies here yep. is what they happened made, right they've made three and or movies basically they're they're more connected and direct than a movie. The ending of episode three is the beginning of episode four. Right? Sure, sure. They're, yeah. yeah, it's not the. But if you go in, it was more episode, like the, the, the stories, you know, are connected that way in little groups. If it, by about halfway through episode five, I was like, they're not going to have time to finish this, this, and this this episode. And sure enough, it was like, yeah, all that stuff is for next episode. Like. Holding off, yep. Ah, I it's good because it's got me. I re, they made a show for me, but I got to clear that up. Uh, one last TV thing, and then I want to throw it, throw out the COTC minute, maybe. Sure. Have you? Do you guys watch dubs or subs? And we've talked about this with Japanese, but like other movies. Generally not. Hmm. Yeah, I can I convince uh, you to watch a movie that was done in English and dubbed in another language, and then watch subtitles. Can I convince you? I've watched things with subtitles all the time. Well, I don't know about all the time, but I do. do I do do it. He said, "Do do." Got him. I watched Prey on Hulu, that Predator movie. Uh-huh. I watched it in Comanche. I think they may, should have made the movie in Comanche. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool and fun to watch. Like, really cool and fun to watch. The best part about it was that the French people speak French in the movie and they don't translate the French in the subtitles. And so not only are you listening to a bunch of people speaking Comanche that you get subtitles for, then when they encounter the, it was, it, it was really fun to watch it that way. I wish because there's no, the other than the French people, there's no white people in the movie. Right. It's all yeah, that's about the- Comanche people. It was really fun. I don't know how to convince you. So, I, ask me questions. So, I, mean, I want to convince you. So here, Andrew, were the actors speaking Comanche on set? No, they spoke English. Was it filmed? Okay, so they so they dubbed it into Comanche because it was the right thing to do, or you know, for immersion or whatever. Yes, right? you can tell they're speaking and you're saying English. It, it improved. It improved the experience. They were speaking English. You could tell, which is why it's a dub, not, not like the English is not a dub. The Comanche is a dub. Yeah. Okay. And and then I'm which asking is a then, shame. So it's then, a really a shame. Honestly, in my opinion, is they should have filmed it in Comanche. Okay. And so you're saying the Comanche language improves the experience, is what you're a saying? Thousand percent. The predatorness of it is there. And in and one of the main characters has a great line. I have to repeat it for you because JJ, I don't know, Michael. Do you know Predator well? 
I know. Oh, Predator, it's, yeah. it's been a long time since I've seen any of them. But JJ knows this line. If it bleeds, JJ, you can kill it. The predator part of it, it was very, it was like back to the original, um, where it's only about a, a good third of the movie, and the rest of it is like other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think if, <laughs> if someone hasn't watched Predator in a long time, uh, by the way, Predator is still pretty good. Maybe, uh, maybe that's part of what made it so good to watch it. Yeah, it's that it, way. There, is you because, don't see the Predator very much until uh-huh. like. You don't even see it at all until halfway into the movie. And then from then on, you still don't see it very much until like a few big scenes at the end. Same exact formula here. It's a good formula, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And the movie has a really good dog in it. I don't know what language the dog speaks. Sorry. COTC. Champions of the Continent. I'm in the castle. How far in the castle? Are you just at the castle? I'm at the castle and I have a question. And we have to answer it in six minutes. All right, go. They gave me the option before I entered the building. Do I fight the three people first or straight to the king? That's a very good question. Is it incumbent upon me to understand that fighting the three people is basically going to happen no matter what because I should do the whole castle to get all the feats? Before it's locked off. Spoilers. I think there are chests behind some of those people. Yes. I think there's a chest behind each one of them. So is the game basically telling me you can do elites or not do elites? I don't understand that. Do you want us to tell you what's happening here? It's hard to answer this question without spoiling a mechanic for you. Oh, okay. So if you want to know, we can tell you. Hmm. Do I want to know? Uh, let me think about it while you guys uh, kibitz about where you're at. Are you are you both in maintenance mode at this point? I'm thinking while you're talking. Yeah, so I've uh, I've started in on... I didn't finish the, the last fight of the first cup, but I started in on some of the early rounds of the second tournament. Yeah, I just finished the preliminaries of the Tiki Len Cup, and I still have story stuff to do, but I'm in the chapter one of Power Bestower or whatever. Okay, yeah, you, you're almost there then. There are only two chapter ones released so far. Yeah, so I think I'm close to the end of the story content that exists currently, so I'm not quite to maintenance mode yet, and then I have like a trillion traveler stories. Oh my god, I have so many that I have not done. <laughs> they they snowdrift. The traveler stories are interesting because, or, you know, what's most interesting about them is that they're like essential to do, but also a huge waste, uh, for especially low level characters. I have so many bronze shards and bronze guidestones that I would literally never need more. And I still have most of those three star, even though I've already leveled all my three stars to 45 to get the influence. They, yeah. they still have quests that I'm going to have to do to get them off my list. And then those just become shards, right? Like there's nothing else you to can, do with them. You can shard them for uh, bronze or silver shards though. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It just becomes like that's, doing that's work. the thing to do. Uh, yeah. But it just becomes doing work for like even, even tiny reward. Basically it's almost just doing the work to get it off your list. I've decided yeah, I don't want to know the mechanic. You do? 
I don't. Okay. You okay. do not. We will not tell I, you. I don't think you'll... Uh, I believe in your ability to figure it out. I, I More fights is generally better. And knowing that there are chests behind them and that I lose access to the castle, uh, I'll just... I'll just see what happens but it's uh do answer me this i'm not gonna stumble into accidentally ending the castle no like it's there's just like warning. all the other end of chapter fights there's the lamp and the the warning okay. about a fight ahead okay that's all i need to know oh boy and, well, you know, if you leave the castle, like, you can just leave and come back also, right? Just like any dungeon. It's not okay. a big deal. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I that's it for me. I'm out next week because I will be going to Monday Night Football to watch the Broncos get stomped on. By whomst? By the L.A. San Diego Chargers of Anaheim. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not certain they're actually going to lose, but I'm prepared for them to lose. Hey, if you want to, if you want to compare, uh, compare dire straits for your team, let's talk. Oh, I mean, we still have a coach and a quarterback and most of our players. It's just a question of whether they're practicing or not. <laughs> Are we talking about practice? How am I supposed to make my team better through practice? <laughs> oh, I can't think of anything better to end the podcast on than that. <laughs> Alan Iverson never gets old, man. Oh, uh, if you want to email us about practice, podcast at weavergamers dot com. I was just about to say, don't email me about Alfred Iverson. <laughs> uh, don't, yeah, not Alan Iverson, but about practice though. We're talking about practice. <laughs> podcast at wewerregamers.com we're on social media at wewerregamers facebook instagram youtube you know all the places find us on there and uh yeah give us that like and uh follow on our videos that stuff helps like those videos it's good yeah have a good week everyone and don't forget to practice Man, that line is just so perfect for so many things. Later. I like your list, buddy. I don't like what it's going to do to your wallet. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Like again, most of it is just like, yeah, this would be fun. We have a Part bunch two. of like normal stuff here that we could find. So, oh yeah. Uh, if hey, if you guys see some of those there, though, yeah, you call, yeah. You call me. Yeah, you call. Uh, if if you see a bottle of Pappy, just know that it's likely I'd split it with you. And I already have a bottle I could pour it in. And you could keep the other one. Good to know.